What's up, great people, and welcome to another episode of the Fave Effect Podcast. Happy New Year 2024 is among us, and we are excited to kick off this year. And we're talking about this year, thinking about new bags and things you want to do with your life and change your life and change your income and change your wealth and change your life, your family trajectory. We're trying to really hone in on how we can really grow as a people and also just grow our money. So this week's topic is New Year, New Bag. It's your boy, Fabe. I'm here with an amazing boss, an amazing um, person, a fellow alum of Clark County University, and she's out here really making it happen, and she's really here to talk to you all about really holding in on your bag and figuring out, figuring out ways to find multiple streams of income. This is Felicity, and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you all, and we're going to get straight into the interview. Felicity. Hi, y'all. So my name is Felicity. Like he said, I feel like you gave all my accolades. Thank you. Uh, originally from Staten Island, New York, Wu-Tang affiliated, moved down here, graduated from Clark Atlanta University, started my business, and it's been up from there. And I'm just grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you for coming. Um, speaking of business, um, what is yeah. your business? What do you do, and what, do you, um, what is your main stream of income? I guess to start there. Yes. Yeah, so I own Felicity Digital Lab, which is a digital marketing agency. We handle all types of digital marketing, logos, websites, flyers, campaigns, press releases. But we also have our largest, um, I guess, service, you know, as PR, and we get people publishing magazines, featured on social media, speaking at different engagements, and you know everything around digital marketing with a splash of PR. Okay, so when you say um, digital marketing, mm-hmm. um, and you say all these different things you do, how mm-hmm. what would you say is the key to like when you're trying to really open up multiple bags, not just focus yeah. on one area? Because you say your your firm focuses on so many different things. Yeah. So how do you manage those different things and what is your advice to those people who are trying to like do like an umbrella yeah. and have different areas in that umbrella? For me, I would say at this point where I'm at now, delegate. But I know that when you're first starting, you don't have the funds and the capacity to really have the delegation between different people and to pay. So I say time management, just trying to figure out a strategy, put everything in different boxes, align, you know, your angle, what that looks like so that every step can be, you know, on that road. Mm. For me, I think that in terms of like multiple income streams, I guess, like focus it on one thing at a time. So while I may have like a social media planner that we're actually launching out next week, I won't do promo for that all the time. Like my page will focus on a different product or a different service over time so that everything gets their share, but all of the passive income, so to speak, still rolls, you know, on the downside of promotion. Okay, well, so when you say passive income, that's the, you know, that's a lot of people are trying to get into that place where money is making money. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to yeah. do anything to make that money. So what is something that you feel like you're doing that, promotes that money making money thing like yeah. where you do something you set up something where now online is doing on its own you yeah. don't really have to focus on it for me that would be my courses my ebooks and i hate when people say digital products so i'm not gonna say that <laughs> um because it's not a digital product it's more so the service that is digital like you know what i mean everybody's like what is digital products and i can make 10k off that it ain't that simple, like you know. But I do have a lot of ebooks that are created over time. Like you know, with developing my business and scaling, one of the biggest things that I had to get over was credit. You know what I mean? I had to build my personal credit mm-hmm. to be able to endorse my business credit, and I invested so much money in that, into investing into different people who do credit sweeps, to doing Lexington Law, to do like you know removals, inquiries, and stuff like that. Now I want to say I spent over maybe like fifteen hundred dollars on like getting resources to be able to get the credit to get my house and really fund and scale my business. I took all the information, threw it in an ebook, sent it over to an editor, lawyer, 
put it out, and now that book all the time is generating like $25 a sale. You know what I mean? I don't even overcharge for it because there's so many people doing it that 20 people at $25 is enough for me. You know what I mean? Daily. And I mean, same thing with my courses. And it doesn't need to necessarily be something that I'm building out all the time. Like, I can just sit right here with you, right? Mm -hmm. And we could talk about a topic. And whatever this is, I'm going to put it in in my back end for membership. So you'll pay $50 a month. You have access to all my private stuff in a personal sector. You know what I mean? Like, these different oh. conversations that aren't on social media. So, like, in that program, they can have a – I have one with Aaliyah Shante, who's, like, a big realtor now. And, but when she first started, she did one about being confident in business. That's on there. Me, you know, just talking with different business people. The, the behind the scenes that don't necessarily need to be on social media, it's all in one place, and people buy that all the time. And I don't have to call nobody. I don't have to send no product. It's all already digital, and they can download it. That's so crazy that you say that because I was recently – I just told myself I could just tell Larry that I'm, like, I'm about to – yeah, do some digital stuff. Like I'm yeah. about to really put put in place um, things because I do this daily. I do the podcast daily, and I can do you know things where people can buy, invest in, yeah. and it's making money. It's generating money. You don't have to print, get it printed. Mm -hmm. Amazon does all that for you. So yeah. like really like a lot of people are tapping into that the area more. But what would you say is the hardest part of tapping into that area? I say the time that goes into it. Like a lot of people sell digital services, but they're one of the new things is reselling a service. So a lot of people are making their money off reselling a course that they're created or reselling an ebook, and then they're just designing it differently and selling it to their audience. And there's no real work behind that. But when you're trying to put out a, I want to say like a large ticket offer, so a book that's maybe like $150 or a course that's almost 1000 you want something that's valuable, that people want to, you know, purchase. Um that people want to purchase. And so that's why I think that's like the hardest thing because I want something that says, okay, Felicity, she's not putting out no BS. Like you see her drop something, you know that whatever you just purchased is going to really help you scale in your personal or your business. So I think for me, just the amount of time that goes into whatever it is that I do, like, and I guess just being like overcritical of making sure that it compares and scales, like compared to anybody who's doing the same thing in my industry. Okay, okay, okay. So <clears throat> what motivated you? I know you said something before. I was watching your um, YouTube channel. I was watching your oh, uh, Instagram. You. And you spoke about another interview that you did that you started in college. Yeah. So what motivated you to start in college? And what is what was that? Like, what was that itching that made you say, okay, I'm, I'm trying to make money now. Now, yeah. And not after this degree. Because a lot of times we get in college and... Being broke. <laughs> Being broke, okay? That's, that's what it is. Like, I swear to God, I never dealt in struggled harder than I did my freshman year at college, okay? I was, y'all know where BTJ's is? Mm -hmm. I worked at BTJ's. I worked at Hooters and Office Depot at the same time, okay? All three. Sidebar, BTJ's pays in cash. Y'all college students go up there and get y'all cash money. But, um, yeah, I was hustling. And I'm like, this is it. This like, this is not it, basically. I had a car, I want to say my, uh, maybe my sophomore year. Like, freshman year, I don't think I'd had it. So one job was paying for Ubers just to get around. And I was doing so much. Like, I'm cheering. So, you know, maintenance. Hair, nails, makeup, bags, all that stuff. That stuff costs. I still got to be in school. Like, got to make sure my books is good, but I want to party. My parents not funding all these things. I need some money. So that's when I kind of started tapping into the pageant world. And I didn't expect that to take off the way that it did. And as I grew in the pageant industry, I want to say off campus first and then on campus because I had more public titles than I did on Clark. I only did that because the pageant girls at Clark was like, you can never do an HBCU pageant. I said that and one. Um, <laughs> but 
like as I met more people in the pageant world, like I was working with Kwanzaa Hall who ran for mayor yeah. and Keisha Lance Finals, I'm rubbing elbows with people in politics and I'm seeing like how people are doing things and the money that's being made. I said, oh yeah, that's where I want to be. And I just started to focus and leverage the connections that I was making in the pageant industry to invest those people in my business. So a lot of, th- a lot of times you have to be in a certain state of mind, like a certain mindset to really hold in on like, okay, success. Yeah. So what, do you, what, what state of mind do you feel like you were in in college, you said you were broke. Yeah, that's, okay. that was the motivation. <laughs> yeah. But, like, once you decide, okay, I'm going to do this, what did you decide to do and how did you manage that um, with school? Yeah. Well, for starters, I switched my major. So um, I came into Clark, and this is about to sound so crazy, and a lot of people don't know this about me. Like, everybody thinks I was an MMA major all the time. I started off as criminal justice major. Okay. And I wanted to be a government assassin. I have a good shot, and they make a lot of money, and I can retire soon off a few kills. That was that was my mentality at that point of time. Um, but once I started seeing this, I realized that that may not have been the lane for me and that I was so much better in doing other things. And so I'm like, okay, I want to do this. And like I said, with my, I don't even think we talked about that in this. I'd be thinking everybody already knows these mm-hmm. things. But with my background, you know, being from Staten Island and being a Wu-Tang baby and my mother doing this and my godfather being Shaheem mm-hmm. the Rugged Child or my dad being Kango Kid from UTFO, I kind of had a lot of, leverage you know what I mean already to have the connections and I'm like I know all the people you know now I have the the name for myself let's just connect the two and make that happen and then I had something to prove because I'm like I gotta be better than my mom like she do this but I want to do this and be known for it because of me and not her or anything else so I think maybe the point to prove would be the biggest you know mindset that made it and how did you manage this how did you manage this like in college time time management I struggled with it at first but um, I want to say my cheer coach. She was like the biggest person to tell me like, you know, get your itch together. So at Clark, we do this thing called cheer fine names and everybody gets a name based off our experience and our personality. Mine was trail mix because I was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit of everything and we laugh now. And, you know, I like to say I'm granola bar. Cause at this point I matured and matriculated and I got all the pieces in a solid form together. But she really, you know, tell me like, okay, you can't have it all. Like you want to, but you can't be everywhere at once. And my grades slipped. So I'm like, okay, I need to focus. I need to get back on track. And time management became something that I like worked on day in and day out. And now I feel like I'm great at it. Like there's nothing that you can put on the table that I can't fit all in one day. Yeah. Cause I was like, when I reached out to you about this, uh, getting you on the podcast, I was like, She's so busy. I just know she's probably going to be like, oh, give me about a month or so. No, no. Um, but that's that's good that you said time management. Um, and that's a lot of times with people that are in college now, that's the biggest struggle. Is once once yeah. they get a taste of money yeah. coming in, yeah. it's like class or go get this check yeah. or, you know, or go get this, you know, go speak with my professor or go meet with this client. Yeah, but shout out to the professors because one of the other things that really helped with that was the understanding of the professors. At Clark, like... There wasn't any professor that I can go to and say, like, hey, I got this opportunity at BET, but it's going to conflict with your class time. Like, can I miss, like, um, mm. Professor Daniels, greatest person for this. Like, I can tell him, and he'd be like, okay, well, I need your assignment the day before or the day after, and if you give it to me, I'm deducting points and stuff. Like, it, I was able to communicate. So I guess communication would be another thing in um, addition to time management because as long as you communicate and you're, like, holding up your end of the bargain with whatever communication you have, they'll work with you. A lot of the professors work with me when I couldn't be there. You know? And I think a big thing that people have to take out of the equation is pride. Pride, Especially yeah. starting out, like, you have to be hungry. You have to be thirsty for what you want. And, like, and you be sitting there waiting, sitting behind the fear of saying something or yeah. looking weak or looking this way. 
when you're missing out on opportunities because you're in your own way. Yep. And so, yeah, that pride issue is really big, um, especially in college. Um, so you graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a beautiful daughter. Thank you. So, so how was that when you when your daughter was born, Ooh. and then okay, you got married. So how was all of that fitting into the world of like this boss chick? You know, a lot of times yeah. women don't believe they can have it all. Mm-hmm. So what is your advice to that girl who wants the family setting, yeah. but wants also wants to be a boss and want yeah. these multiple streams income and want to have her own money mm-hmm. and not rely on her, her spouse? What is your advice to her? Ooh, okay. So that's that's a well-rounded question, so I'm going to kind of break it down into parts. So from what I would say, evaluate. And it's not that you can't do it, but there's certain things that you won't be able to do anymore. Um, I definitely had to pivot and transition what that looked like for me in terms of business after I had my daughter. For starters, after I had my daughter, um, I was a single parent, and my village is in New York. Mm. And I also had a lot of complications with my pregnancy, which I talk a little bit about in my documentary and so forth. Like, I almost died in childbirth. And I got induced at six months. So it was a trying time. And I think after I did suffer from postpartum depression, which kind of played into just everything, but also with now having to um, care for another life, that's a huge responsibility. And I think I had to, like, kind of play with what I could do and not do anymore and how I was going to make money. Uh, one of the things that I did before I had my daughter that I don't do now is tour. And tour is one of my biggest ways to make money. I'd be mm. gone for like maybe three months, but then I'm not working for another three months because I made enough money yeah. to just sit. And after I had her, I went on tour when she was maybe like four weeks old. And my mom was like, are you going to go? The opportunity had came. And I was like, I sat down for nine months. Like, I want to do something so I can feel like I know that I still can do it. And luckily, I had the support system to be like, maybe this is what's best for her. Like, maybe she does need a moment to herself because she's given up everything to become a mom. And she's young enough now to where she wouldn't remember. And at that time, I hadn't been working for nine months, so the finances would help, you Mm -hmm. know, for me to just kind of sit back down for another few months. So I went, had a good time, but I realized that I didn't really miss it like I thought I did. And Mm -hmm. I actually missed my daughter a whole lot more. And when I came back, I'm like, no more Tori. Like, I want to be here for all the moments. I want to be a part of that. But that meant money had to pick up in other places or I had to do a little bit more than I usually would do so that the money would be, you know, balanced and so forth. So that was something. And then after that, I got married. So now not only did I lose, you know, a little bit of myself with becoming a mom, then I lost my last name to become a wife. And I'm like, okay, well, who am I now? Like, what am I doing? And then I filmed a series with Roku TV and the Enterprise Theater, Finding Felicity, which was just a bunch of episodes of me trying and doing different things to rediscover myself after becoming a mom. And I think that was dope. Like, it was fun, first mm-hmm. and foremost, but it also helped me kind of see what life would look like now and what I wanted it to mm-hmm. look like and the people that would be in that space. So evaluation was a really big um, part of that for me, financially, spiritually, but... Also, I know you mentioned a little bit something about wanting to be a boss, but, like, also rely on your partner. I mean, not rely on your partner, have your own money. Lean into that. Lean into that. I'm a very dominant woman, been a boss, I'm super independent, but I want to say now I'm in a place in my marriage where I'm like, oh, you got that. You know, I could be in my little <laughs> soft girl era and not have to worry and be so hard. Like, I feel like we develop that mechanism because we have to. Um, but once you break down, you can do so much more in business because you worrying about paying all them bills when you don't have to pay them, where that money going to go back into you or back into your business or whatever else that you do. So don't worry about being so strong and having your own, always have your own, but don't, you know, stress it so mm. much. That's good, good advice. And, um, 
<clears throat> one thing I always tell my mentees is like discipline. Yeah, it's something that I I'm, I'm really big on now in my life. Yeah, um, and I I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say it took me this long to become disciplined, but it took me this long to accept that it has to be a regular a regular mindset. It's not yeah. just like a I'm gonna pick up discipline when I need something or I need to make a lot of money at one point. I need to be disciplined throughout my whole life. So how important is discipline when it comes to managing all these different things that you're managing? How important is your discipline? Discipline is tough. I still struggle with discipline, and um, I lean on my team for that. I'm in a place now where I can allow other people to, like, you know, tell me. Like, you know, we're here right now in production. He's like, hey, you know, fix your lash. I need those people to call me yes. out and, you know, tell me certain things to, to fix or to alter, and discipline is one of those things. Like, Felicity, you haven't communicated with this person. Felicity, you need to do another class, or Felicity, you need to do this. You need people like that, and I think that it's just important to surround people in, in your circle, in your corner, who want you to be great and will instill that discipline in you. Like, you know, everybody has something that they lack or an area that they need to improve in. Discipline is one of mine, but the, my circle is tight. But we can, we can be each other accountability partners. Yes. I'm having the same problem yes. all the time. It's just staying focused. Yeah. Um, another question I have for you is what is your daily routine when it comes to work? Like, what do you Ooh, do? What do, What do you get up and do every day in terms of, like, and securing them bags every day. What yeah. do you do every day? Um, I will say email marketing has been one of the things that I have been on okay. heavily lately. Um, I didn't rely on it a lot previously in business until I started doing it within like two months and I made almost like $20,000. It's really good for like converting, you know, sales. So I'm like, okay, I want to pour more back into this. I'm starting to see that like the business is changing and what used to work doesn't really work anymore. Mm -hmm. So one of my biggest things, I wake up every morning and send out an email like, you can schedule it, but I've noticed my analytics change when you do it manually versus it being scheduled. Oh, wow. I know that. Yes. So I'm like, nope, I'm get up. I'm going to send it out. I also have an Instagram community, so I always try to get in there and maybe pour into them, give a little free tidbit or host a conversation, ask a little poll, something like that. Typically, I always have like four to five meetings a day, whether they be like a small consultation or somebody trying to pitch an event or a client trying to tell me where they want to go. After that, I have like a break. That's my lunch. Like, I may not be eating because I work from home, but I will i don't want to be on my laptop. I don't want to be on my phone. I want to watch a Netflix series, maybe two episodes, just, you know, refresh, restart. And then I come back, check my emails, check my text messages, try to see what the next day looks like. And, you know, I have to delegate my tasks to my team. So, you know, what still needs to be done, what didn't I do? And then after that, I'm done. I'm going to pick up my girl from school, and then I'm coming home to relax. Maybe. Mm, awesome. Oh, that yeah. sounds so great and great. But <laughs> we all ain't able to do that right now in our, in our yeah. lives. Um, what would you say is something that a college student or a young adult, even if they didn't go to college, yeah. that they can like start making money right now um, without having to be attentive to the money? Because, you know, we have classes, you have yeah. things going on. What is something, what, what would you say you can do right now um, if you want to get started into like just bringing in revenue? Revenue? Hmm. Okay. Do right now with no experience, as hate to say, but a digital product would be number one because you can do it whenever. And as long as you post it, it'd be fine. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an ebook or a class or a course. It can be something small. One of the things that I sell daily that makes thousands and I don't have to do anything AI images. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know if you're familiar with Discord, um, but I use a bot in the Discord app called Midjourney. And so you can actually put in any prompt and create anything that you can imagine like so a lot of people right now have been coming to me for valentine's day valentine's day is coming up not all small businesses have the budget to invest in shoots hair shoots makeup shoots product shoots i can go in mid-journey and say uh, make me a glamorous 
you know, whatever skin complexion model with these lashes, these clothes, this hair. I can even choose what camera lens I want that image to be shot on, which helps wow. with the quality of, you know, whatever is produced. I get them. I put them in maybe even an ebook or whatever, a little digital download, and people like will come and get them every day to just use them for their flyers or social promo instead of having to pay for models. So that'll definitely be something. Um, virtual assistants. That's something that you kind of have to lean into more with time, but um, they make a lot of money, and they really don't have to do much. Like with the delegated tasks, you kind of know what you have to do before you do. Like I have a um, a role on our career site where it's an engagement manager. So I literally pay someone every day, and it's no I'm not really like a um, micromanager. You have seven days to just make sure you engage with the last 10 posts and the comments and under people underneath. You know, they're going to kill me. She ain't responding to my comments. Not all the time. I don't always have time. But you can do that on your own time. You can do that in between classes. You can do that in the cafeteria, and that's a real role. Like a lot of companies have that job. An engagement manager, because of how important engagement has become, is a real thing. I hope y'all taking notes because I'm yeah. mentally taking notes right <laughs> yeah. now. Um, yeah, I hope y'all taking notes out there because that was just a whole lot of Sorry, good. Yeah, that, no, that was a whole lot of good right lot. there. Like you know, really, a lot yeah. of people be always talking about. I, I'm always telling people like it's money out here. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's money. money out here in these streets and we have to get out here. Like, it's like we have to lean into that thought of re we change the meaning of what a hustle is. Yeah. You know, a hustle is not, you know, what, what it used to be. hustle changes with the culture. Yeah. 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 So when you, when you talk about a hustle, like what, what, what do you think? Okay. I would say like the, the three main ingredients to, to a hustler mindset. Hmm. What do you think is, is the three main ingredients that That's you're so using real. that your family's using? Cause you say you come from a family that from, yes. does this all they the time. So what are those three main ingredients for hustling? I want to say uh, ambition. You have to have ambition. If you don't want it, nobody else is going to give it to you. You got to go out and get it every day. And like you said, discipline will be the next thing. You got to make sure that you got structure, you know, time management, communication, preparation, all that falls underneath the discipline category. And then I'll say the last thing, financial management. Like at the end of the day, it's nothing to make money if you don't know how to keep it, spend it, save it, invest it. So those would be my top three. That was a really good three of them. And my last question is actually around mm -hmm. financial management. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, like, what what are you doing now to, like, like keep the money? Because, yeah. you know, um, oh, we yeah. make a, we can make a lot of money, and, yeah. and it, it's coming in, but it's going out just as fast as it's coming yeah. in. So what are you doing? I guess you could say when they say your money, grow money. Yep. So what are you doing to keep your money? That's that's a really good question. And honestly, that's something that I want to talk about, too, because I posted on my last um, social media post. I, I no, what is it? Uh, cross post, so mm -hmm. it's on all social platforms. But um, it was basically about how I made five million when I stopped working with celebrities all the time. And everybody was like, "Well, you made five million this year?" No, it was not five million this year. That's just gross over the course of business, and it's not the same thing. I think people don't understand grossing and netting. Like you know what I mean? The gross versus net, what you made versus what you keep, what you profit. Mm -hmm. And so while I may have grossed that. I didn't profit that. A lot of that went into production, printing, cost, you know, everything went into that. And so now I think that's something that is like constantly coming up. So I think it's just so crazy that you brought that up. I guess for me, financial management now where I'm at is hiring somebody to like invest. I had the, the business evaluated last year and it also evaluated for $6 million now. So I'm like, at any point I can sell, you know what I mean? But I'm working too hard to give it away just yet, you know. 
But I brought in a financial accountant and manager. His name is Michael Watson. He's really good at what he does. And, you know, we just sat down and we talked about my finances. Like, where's my money going? You know, why is it going this way? How can we invest it? He even, you know, brought up the idea of savings because I didn't think about it in the capacity that I should have. I feel like I was playing small. Now with me having a daughter, we even talked about, like, you know, life insurance and all those things. And I'm like, what do I need that for? I have social security. You know, when I die, it's going to take care of her. But I'm an entrepreneur. And I didn't know that uh, social security is just for how long you work for jobs. Mm -hmm. So if I were to die now, what would she have? And so I think that, you know, that's really important when you get to a certain level of business to kind of scale to bring somebody else in to manage your finances. Because so I don't know about y'all, but investing and financial management wasn't something that was poured into me. Like I seen it. I seen everybody having money, but I didn't know how they were obtaining it or um, keeping it. And that's something that I wanted to do better in. And my vision for my business is to grow. Like this year is all about scaling. I've been looking at commercial leasings and so forth. So I'm like, I need my business to be together. I think one of the tips that I would give is for downloading Nave. Like if you don't know what Nave is, it's basically like Credit Karma for business credit. Mm. And you can manage your personal and business credit on one platform. You can also get capital loans. They can do hard inquiries, but they also do trade lines. Because I know a lot of people are like getting hit to the trade line thing, but a lot of people are also doing them illegally. And, you know, put in trade lines next to other people's social securities. It's a risky business out here in Atlanta. But Nave, that's, you know, well-known, reputable company, and they will report a trade line for you. So let's just say, um, like, a credit card of $25,000. But you're not really paying that. You're paying $20 a month to them to report that. As a credit line, you can kind of grow your business credit within, like, two, three months to be able to obtain, like, large-scale loans. So Nave has been one of my biggest investments. And then, of course, the financial accounting. Well, she is out here dropping gems, y'all. She, y'all, I hope y'all are recording. Make sure y'all download y'all Nave. Yeah, download Nave. Um, and I want to close out with just um, saying, like, in this new year, this new season of your life, um, really think about, you know, what you want to do long-term, what your life is going to be long-term, yeah. and also start really holding in on those small things that may seem like, oh, this, this is little, this small, this is not really going to do nothing. But every talent, pull every gift out your bag. I always like to push the old envelope that, yeah. you know, don't be a, they say, they always say, uh, don't be a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. But no, yeah. be a jack of all trades and be a master of all trades. Like, do not Trail sit, mix. Yeah. <laughs> don't be afraid to, like, really put yourself in different positions, yeah. in different lanes, like, to test your, see what you can do in that lane because yeah. you never know what can come out of it. Like, a bag is out there to be made. I don't know if you're going to get it. I know I'm going to get mine. I hope you get yours. It's enough for everybody to go around so we don't have to fight about it. But thank you so much, Felicity, for coming thank today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. No, um, I look forward to doing more things with you. Um, I'm excited to see where you go with your company. You. Um, and I just want everyone to remember, remember, remember the best leader works to make even better leaders. Until Amen. next time, Bye. Favor Vic.